Welcome to Build with Hari Rao, a podcast by Get Ready Ministry. Let's receive today's word. Greetings to you in the most beautiful, precious name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I believe this evening is going to be a very very beautiful, powerful time in the presence of God. I trust that you have entered this new season called Elevation with great joy and great celebration. I am already hearing testimonies of how the Lord has already started working in His people's lives workplaces marriages because we have entered a season of elevation we have entered a season of growth you are no longer are going to be bound by what held you in the previous season so i know that the lord is doing a special work in your life and in your midst are you guys ready for today's word I want to I want to get into the word today. I want to get into the word today. Over the last one year I have grown very fond of you guys. My wife and I pray for you constantly. We are contending for you constantly. So when you guys write your prayer requests on the group um it's not just to just look at it we constantly pray for you guys and we read all of your emails and we read all of your testimonies all of your praise reports and all of your prayer requests not one goes unattended not one goes unattended i may not respond to all of them but i make it a point to carry it to the lord each and every day last week we started a journey and i talked to you about how god's people perish for lack of understanding how god's people are destroyed because they lack knowledge isn't that scary that you can have a relationship with god god can look at you and identify you and say this is my child these are my people this is my son and my daughter and yet say they are perishing they are being destroyed because they lack understanding they don't have people to teach them what is right and what is wrong they don't have people to impart wisdom and understanding and in some in, in many occasions they do not know how to search and seek out information i believe it is the grace of god and the will of god this evening for you for for me to teach you on how my god i feel excited when i when i share this <laughs> i want to teach you how to access the mind of god how to access the deep mysteries of god how to access the secret things of god how do you get privileged information how do you get information that is rare information that is not commonly available information that is not in the pages of a book how do you access 
hidden mysteries, hidden information. How do I access the secret things of the Lord? I would like you to open your physical Bible. If you have your physical Bible with you, go with me to the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms. The book of Psalms chapter 25 verse 14. I will read for you. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him. He makes known to them his covenant. King James will say, the secret of the Lord is with them who fear him. And to them he makes his covenant no let one more time let's read that such a powerful verse you know isn't it amazing that these secrets are so openly kept for us and we read through our psalms and never think about it like okay i i finished reading my psalm for today i finished reading my three chapters for today i finished my one psalm that my mommy and daddy told me to read and yet in plain sight god has hidden treasures for us Let's read one more time. 25 verse 14. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. The secret, the friendship, the intimacy of the Lord, the friendship of God, the communion of God, the fellowship of God, the secret hidden things of God is with them who fear him, who fear his name, who fear the Lord. That is the key. That is the key. You would never make this connection, you know. You would think, <laughs> you would think that the secret things of the Lord will be with somebody that has deep, mysterious uh, relationship with God or deep, mysterious um, formulas or they, they fast a certain kind of fast, they pray in a certain time of the day, they, 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 they do different kinds of things. No, no, no. Scripture is very clear. The secret of the Lord the friendship of God is with those who fear him. It is important for us to know that the fear of the Lord here is not you being afraid of somebody. It's not talking about you being terrified in such a capacity that you are not drawn to him, but you withdraw from him. I want you to know there is a godly fear and there is a, a ungodly natural fear, right? If you read Exodus 19 and 20 and 21, you will see that the Lord has brought the children of Israel from, the, from Egypt and they're in the wilderness and they're at Mount Sinai. And at Mount Sinai, the Lord reveals himself. The whole mountain is full of glory. The whole mountain is full of smoke. The whole mountain is covered with lightning and thunder. The glory of the Lord has descended on an entire mountain. 
and one million people have congregated at the foot of the mountain and they can see the visible glory of God. And God is speaking to Moses and he says, I want my people, my covenant people, the nation of Israel to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. He's expressing his desire, how he wants to communicate with them and, and he wants them to be priests to him and he wants to form them into a holy nation, a nation that will bear and carry his name. And the, the children of Israel see the physical manifestation and they are terrified. They are so afraid. They are, they, 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 they look at this glory of God and they say, ah, this is too much. We are afraid. And they, they tell Moses, they tell Moses, they tell Moses, we will do everything that God wants us to do. But let him not speak to us. Let him not speak to us. Let him not speak to us. Let him speak to you and you come speak to us. They were so afraid that they didn't want God to speak. Isn't that scary? <laughs> They're so afraid of this God. They say, don't talk. We will do whatever you want. Just come through Moses. And yet, ah, and yet, the same Moses is not standing at the bottom of the mountain, is not standing at the foot of the hill, he's not standing with the congregation. This Moses now is hidden in this glory. He is hidden in this power. He's hidden in this mountain that is completely clothed with the fire and the glory of God. But Moses, for some reason, is not having the same response as the children of Israel. He's not looking at God and saying, my God, this is too much. Don't talk to me. Send an angel. Send an archangel. Can you reduce your glory? No, 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 no. He, he is enjoying it. He is celebrating it. He wants more of it. In fact, he is, at one point, he was so satisfied by the glory of God. He was so satisfied. Ah, by the power and the presence of God, that his body stopped telling him, you need food. He was not hungry. He went without water and food and sleep for 40 days and 40 nights. So he had entered a certain realm and certain glory where his body forgot about food. <laughs> his body forgot about water. His body forgot about sleep. Because now his body is not sustained by material food and material water and material sleep and rest. And he is now sustained by the very glory of God, by the very presence of God. Mm. I hope I'm, 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 I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope you are understanding where I'm taking you. Two people, two kinds of people are witnessing the same God, are witnessing the same glory, are witnessing the same power, are witnessing the same Jesus, but they're having two different kinds of responses. One is afraid. One is, one is, one is, I don't want this. I don't want this. The other is, 
Take me deeper. I want to know you more. Show me the way. Show me your glory, Moses said. Which means that when Psalms 25 says, the secret of the Lord, the friendship of God is with those who fear him and fear his name. He's not asking you to be terrified. He's not asking you to be afraid like you saw a ghost. He's not asking you to be afraid like there is a terrorist or, or something of that nature. But he's looking for a certain quality, a certain type of reverence, a certain type of a response, a posture of heart that he describes as the fear of the Lord. And he says, when I find that quality, when I find a person that has understood, that has mastered the fear of the Lord, the counsel of God is with him. The fear, of, the fear of the Lord attracts secrets. The fear of the Lord attracts the friendship of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't want you to be afraid. At the same time, he doesn't want you to become familiar. So there are two kinds of things. Either we find people who are very familiar with the things of God. They become so accustomed, so used Ah, it's just another service. It's just another Bible reading. Ah, it's okay if I don't read the Bible today. Oh man, I'll listen to it later. Why should I tune in live? It's anyways going to be there. We'll watch it tomorrow. Familiarity. Listen to me one more time. Familiarity with God will decrease His presence in your life. Familiarity with His voice will lower the intensity of His speakings in your life. But the fear of the Lord, the reverence of the Lord will amplify his presence, will amplify his voice and you will have access to things that other people will not. Yeah, that is why I, I know I, I know a lot of people that pray a lot, that fast a lot. Sometimes they fast the whole year, whole year year whole year they will fast they will fast they will fast and then i will ask them a simple question and their understanding in the lord will be that of a child but they are great prayer warriors you know it is possible for you to pray and pray and fast and fast and do all of this out of a a very fearful heart. Do you know that so many of us who come to Jesus Christ, who come to church, we don't even come for him. <laughs> we come because we want something that he has. We want to make it to heaven. We want our children to be blessed. We want our families to be blessed. We want our jobs to prosper. So our purpose of pursuing him is not Jesus. Our purpose of pursuing him is what he represents. Ah, I have to do it. It's the only way. What can I do? <laughs> have you, do you remember a time when let's say you needed some money? Okay, you needed some money. And the only guy that could help you was somebody that you don't like. It's somebody that you 
don't celebrate you, 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 you don't care about this person. Maybe he's proud, he's arrogant, he's always making fun of you, but he has the money. But because you have a need now, you just eat a piece of the humble pie and you go and say, hey, can you give me 100 rupees? I need help. So you get your 100 rupees and you get the help you needed. But you did it in such a way that you never wanted that friend. You only wanted what the friend represents. And many in the church are like that today. We don't want the Lord. We don't want the Father. We want what he represents. Now, how is it different from people from other faiths, from other religious backgrounds, who do something just for the sake of doing. They are so afraid that if they don't visit a particular place of worship, if they don't do a particular offering, if they don't do something in particular, oh, God is going to get angry and I'm going to lose everything. God is not looking for people that are like terrified of him that they want to just go away, but they don't want to go away because they know going away from him means they, they're not going to get heaven. No. God is looking for a group of people that love him, but are not familiar with him. You know, that's the problem with love. Love gives you access. But the problem, the flip side of love, the flip side of access is familiarity. Do you remember the first time you... You met your wife or you saw your wife and you, 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 you liked that person and you wanted to take them out for a meal. You wanted to ask them, uh, ask their hand in marriage. You wanted to go out for uh, a walk with them. There was so much excitement. There was so much of calculation. What gift will they like? What should I dress like? Is this perfume good enough? Is the clothes good enough? Is the restaurant good enough? So many things you discuss. So many things you think about. Then you get married. And within a year, you don't even care what they want to eat. Yet, it was for this person that you did hundreds of Zomato research, you read hundreds of reviews, you wanted to find out where is the best chicken kebab because this girl likes chicken kebab or this guy likes chicken kebab. One, what happened to you? Once you got the access, once you got the affection, once you got that person's heart, why is your pursuit so diluted? Why is your love so diluted? Shouldn't you be more intelligent? Shouldn't you be more calculated? Shouldn't you be more intentional? Now that you actually are in possession of the person that you liked, come on. I know I'm I know I'm I know I'm telling the truth today. <laughs> I know I'm preaching good today. And we do the same thing with Jesus. We do the same thing with God. Do you remember when you wanted to be baptized by the Holy Spirit? There is not a single preacher that didn't lay his hand on you. Man, everybody in the church, from the pastor to the usher to the pastor's wife to the children's church pastor, ah, man, everybody, everybody laid hands on you because you 
you wanted to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and you wanted to speak in tongues. And after two months of you being baptized in the Holy Spirit and you speaking in tongues, you have forgotten to pray. You don't even pray for five minutes in tongues because now you got it. Ah, I have achieved it. I have achieved it. I don't need anything now. <laughs> oh, you know, that is why people plateau in their walk with God after, after three, four years of being saved. After that initial thirst, after that initial pursuit, after that initial encounters with God, they just flatline. For the next 30 years, they're talking about what happened three when they were 20 years old or 17 years old. It's a, it's a problem. It's a human condition. It's a condition of the human heart. So the secret of the Lord is with them who fear him. The secret of the Lord, the friendship of God is with those who fear him. Which means then you have to find this place, this balance, where you're not terrified in the sense that you want to run away from God. At the same time, you're not so familiar with God. You're like, you're so casual, but you are in this sweet spot called the fear of God. Where you are humble. You are hungry. You are expectant. You are willing to pay a price. You're willing to learn the ways of God. I want to show you another verse. And this is a key. If you get this one key, if you get this one key, your whole spiritual life is about to turn around. Go to Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2. Actually go to chapter 3. Let me read for you. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. The same mountain. Here it's called Mount Horeb, but in Exodus 19 it's called Sinai. They've come, he's come to the same mountain. Ah, okay. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, one, and he looked and behold, the bush was burning and yet it was not consumed. Verse 3, and Moses said, I will now turn aside to see this great sight. Why the bush is not burned? When the Lord saw that he turned, when the Lord saw. Highlight that for me. When the Lord saw, which means that God is watching his response. God has come with an intention. God has come with a purpose. God has come with a mandate. God has come to anoint Moses and speak to him and tell him, I have called you to be a prophet. I have called you to be a God with a small g to my people, to the Pharaoh. He's come and he's about to send Moses. Ay, ay, ay. As the deliverer, Moses' mandate is to deliver a million people. And yet, that great commission, that great mandate, that great calling is now initiated by a bush that is on fire. 
Isn't that interesting? You would think that God will come with 5,000 angels down because that's the weight of his calling. That's the weight of his mandate. That's the weight of what God wants to do through his life. And yet God doesn't come. God doesn't even speak. God doesn't even give him a revelation. God just puts a little bush on fire. And that bush is burning, but is not being consumed. And Moses is like, oh, this is interesting. I see that there is a fire, but this fire is not burning. Let me observe. Let me study. Let me pay attention. Let me look deeper. He didn't bring his cell phone out and take a selfie and say, hey guys, look what I found. Here's a weird tree that is not getting burnt. No, 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 no. He realized that this is holy. This is special. And he decided to give that moment his attention. Now watch this. Watch this. This is so important. I will turn aside to see this great sight. Why the bush is not burned. Verse 4. Please read for me. Read it with me. When the Lord saw. Which means God sees your response. God sees how you respond to the word. God sees how you respond to the encounter. God observes and watches how you Respond to the little things that he shows to you. Fear of the Lord. Some of you never receive from a Saturday night broadcast. Some of you never walk into the breakthroughs that I'm talking. Because for you is just another sermon. For you is just another word. Hari is just another preacher. That's why it never materializes in your life. It never Becomes a reality. Why? Because you don't. Your response. Is not triggering God. Your response. Is not moving God. To take it to the next level. Your response is not taking it to the next step. Okay. One more time. Verse 4. When the Lord saw. That he turned aside to see. God called to him. Out of the bush. So his response triggered the voice. God came down with the intention of speaking. God came down with the intention of encountering Moses. But he didn't give away everything. He didn't start there. He showed a small glimpse. I will see what Moses does with a glimpse. I will see what he does with a vision. I'll see what he does with a little tree that's burning. And when Moses responded in a way that was pleasing to God, he said, okay, now let's take it to the next step. I will speak to him. Secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. One more time. God called to him out out of the bush. Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Now watch this verse 5. Then he said, do not come near. Don't come close. Don't come close. Don't come close. (laughs) I love this God. He must confuse so many people. 
He calls Moses' name. What is your response when somebody calls? Is to walk in the direction of the voice. Is to walk toward the voice. God calls Moses and he's beginning to respond to that voice. He's like, stop. Don't come. Then he introduces his requirement. He says, take off your sandals. Ah, Let's read that. Do not come near. Take your sandals off of your feet. For the place on which you are standing is holy ground. I, I love this. Which means he was standing there for a long time looking at the bush. You know, He was looking, standing there observing the plant that is being consumed. But he had no knowledge that it was holy ground until it was revealed to him. Some of you are in your encounter and you don't realize you're in your encounter because you have not come to the place where you have given the right response for God to say, this is holy ground. Jacob came, found a stone and laid his head down on that stone, not knowing that that location was special. That location was marked. He didn't know that that it was in that location his grandfather had built an altar and had an encounter with God. Jacob had no understanding. And then in his sleep, he begins to see angelic activities going up and down. And he suddenly gets up and says, oh my God, now I know that this place, God dwells in this place. Now I know that this is God's, uh, that there, is, there is divine activity here. There is angelic activity here. And then he begins to set that stone and he begins to anoint that stone. But when he came, ah, my God, when he came, when he came, he had no knowledge. Some of you are sitting in your encounter. You're sitting in your breakthrough. You are sitting in your moment with God. But you don't know how to respond. Yeah. So you must learn the art of responding to God. There is a response that will draw God closer to you. And there is a response that will cause him to withdraw from you. Don't let anybody teach you any other way. This God that you, man, this God that you and I serve, is not a cheap God that you can do anything and everything and he will be passively drawn to you and attracted to you. No. This God is holy. This God is righteous. This God is majestic. This God is so elevated that he didn't spare his own son on our behalf. If he was a cheap God, he would have looked away and said, it's okay, come. No problem, come, go. Come, 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 come as you are. Sit as you are. Do whatever you are. It's okay, come. That would have been a cheap God who just puts up with anything and everything you do. No, this God is not cheap. He paid a price for your presence in his presence. He put the blood of his own son as the price for you to walk into his presence. So don't make this mistake that you can do anything and everything 
And just because God is not saying anything that he approves. Listen, listen, listen to me now. God's silence is not God's approval. One more time. God's silence is not God's approval. You must become very nervous when God is silent in your life. Sometimes, okay, we won't go there today. <laughs> we won't go there today. You must become very, very nervous if you can't feel his presence. You must become nervous if you can't feel his countenance. If you can't feel the nearness of his presence. Because there is something in your life that is challenging his presence. That is challenging his lordship in your life. See, I'm not saying that I am perfect. Are you with me? I'm not saying I am perfect. That I know everything. But I know enough when I'm wrong. I know enough to call what is right, right and what is wrong, wrong. Just because I am not able to rise to do what is right, I am not going to pretend the wrong that I am doing is right. And today the church has come to that place. Just because I am not able to rise to a certain place of holiness, rise to a place of a consecration, rise to a place where my life choices are consistent with the word, because I don't want to carry the weight of that guilt and weight of that shame, I want to make sure that the choices that I am doing is okay. So I reduce the standard of God. I reduce the righteousness of God. I reduce what the scripture to accommodate my lifestyle. We are not called to reduce the word to meet our lifestyle. We are called to increase our lifestyle to meet the word of God. This is very important. Very important. So please. I'm not talking to you as, as being high and mighty. I know my flaws. I know my challenges. I know my weaknesses. But I'll never come and tell you that it's okay. <laughs> I'll never come and tell you it's okay. God understands. Ah, God understands is the biggest lie. So you make sure what songs you're listening to, what's, what preachers you're listening to. If the preacher that you're listening to does not cause you to hunger after God, does not cause you to pursue Jesus, does not make a demand on character change, does not make a demand on you becoming Christ-like. Maybe you need to switch churches. The secret of the Lord is with those that fear Him. I have not met one person that met Jesus and Jesus did not require them to change. Please read your Bible from cover to cover. God doesn't change to meet people. God makes people change to come to his level. He walked up to Peter and said, follow me. And Peter had to make that choice in that moment to drop his business, to drop his vocation, to drop everything he's going and follow this man. That was the price 
of following Jesus. The, a gospel that does not require commitment from you is no gospel. A gospel that does not require you to transform is flawed. I'm not saying transformation is coming from you. No, transformation comes from him. But if, if my preaching makes you apathetic, makes you complacent, then I, I, I'm preaching something wrong. The secret of the Lord. The secret. Let's, let's read one more time. Exodus chapter 3, verse 5. He said, do not come near. Take your sandals off of your feet. For the place which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. Ay, 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 ay. <laughs> ah, come on, my people. Come on, come on, come on, come on. The friendship of the Lord, the secret of the Lord is with who? Those who fear him. So, isn't this amazing? Isn't this powerful? One verse ago, he's looking at the bush and he wants to gaze at this bush now. He's looking at this burning bush and he wants to look more. He wants to behold. He wants to investigate. He wants to pay attention. He wants to give it his everything. And God is moved by his response so God begins to speak and then God says take off your shoes because this ground is holy this ground is sacred and then God says I am the God of your father I am the God of Abraham I God begins to interact and suddenly Moses is uncomfortable suddenly Moses uh, th th this is a different dimension now this is a different now I'm suddenly aware of the holiness of this God I am aware of the presence of this God I'm aware of this glory and he says I must hide ah for he was afraid to look at God. But you see, it was not the fear of being terrified, but there was reverence, there was awe, there was respect in Moses wanting to hide his face. He says, you are, you are glorious. You are holy. I recognize my own weakness. I recognize my uncleanness. I recognize my unholiness. So I look away. You're too pure. God continues to speak, verse 7, which means that him being afraid and him looking, wanting to hide his face did not stop Moses from, did not stop God from speaking. Ah, my God, my God. Then Moses starts a journey. Moses, Moses starts this journey at the age of 80 and then he comes to the top of Mount Sinai and he has built a friendship with God. He has built a relationship with God. Through Moses, God, God delivered an entire nation. The Red Sea was split. All kinds of signs and wonders happened and an entire nation was brought to her knees. The, the superpower 
that Egypt was, was humbled. Pharaoh was begging Moses to leave at one point. After seeing all of this, after experiencing all of this glory, all of these signs and wonders, and Moses goes back to that mountain where he first met this God. And then he says, show me your glory. After close to 20 years, maybe 20, maybe not 20, maybe a little lesser than 20. After all of these encounters, after seeing the cloud, after seeing the thunder, after seeing, he says, show me your glory, Father. Show me your glory, God. I want to know more. I want to experience more. I know there is more. Ah, I want to be in that place. Think about it. It's such an amazing ministry that Moses had. People today don't have 1% of the glory and the power and the ministry that Moses has. And they have worldwide ministries. This guy had everything. One million people looking to him for leadership every day. And Moses would disappear from them, go up the mountain and sit in the presence of God. And he says, show me your glory. Show me your way. My people, that's the key. That is the key. After seeing all of this, do you get familiar? Are you, are you terrified? Or do you find that beautiful place called the fear of the Lord? Okay. One more verse. And then close with this. Go to the book of Isaiah. Prophet Isaiah. Chapter 66, I believe. <sighs> Isaiah chapter 66. Isaiah 66. Verse 2. All these things my hand has made. And so although also these things came to be, declares the Lord. But this is the one whom I will look. For this, pay attention to this is the one that I will look towards. This is the one who I will behold. This is the one to whom I will turn to. This is the one that has my attention. He who is humble, contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. Trembles at my word. He's humble, he's broken or contrite in the spirit. And trembles at my word. What a beautiful description of a man that fears the Lord. He's like he, he shakes at his word. He trembles at his word. He shivers at his word. Not out of being terrified. Not being grossly afraid. But he has so much reverence. He has so much of Respect that when the Lord speaks, he trembles. He has a posture of heart. He has recognized that the Lord, the God, the King of all universe, the King of kings, the Lord of lords is speaking and it requires a certain posture and a certain response from me. And he says, I must tremble at his word. That is the secret, my people. The secret of the Lord. The fear 
of the Lord. The friendship of God is with those who fear Him. You know, one of the harshest rebukes I think the Lord has given me was this verse. He reminded me one day, he said, Son, why don't you tremble at my word like you used to? Why don't you have the same pursuit, the same hunger that you used to have when you were a little boy? What has changed? You know, I, I can cry right now. I can cry right now. But the minute people stop being complacent, start being complacent, that's when the Lord withdraws his counsel. That's when the Lord withdraws his revelations. That's when the Lord withdraws his presence because his word is coming. But they are not seeing the same response anymore. He's not seeing the same response. He's not seeing the fear of the Lord. He's not seeing honor. He's not seeing that trembling at his word. Everybody wants to talk about Jesus like he's some hippie and you can utter nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Nobody that has a genuine, a genuine encounter with God belittles Jesus. And talks of Jesus in such casual terms. No. The, here's a problem. Here is a problem. Here is a problem. We keep applying the human dynamic of a father and a son. We look at how we treat our children and how our children treat us. And we apply it to the father. No. Show me one time Jesus speaks of his father casually. Show me one time Jesus speaks of his father carnally show me one time he cracks an unnecessary joke we can't apply biological dynamics to a divine relationship you're supposed to study the life of the lord jesus christ and and see how he related to the father and how he spoke to the father and how he fellowshiped and communicated with the father and we're supposed to learn from that not not take our carnal ways and say oh well that's how the father should be mm. one more verse okay one more verse and then we'll pray together go with me to the book of isaiah i pray the lord will encounter you through this evening service let me read for you Isaiah chapter 6. In the year, chapter verse, chapter 6, verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. Two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. With two he flew. And one called to another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of God, the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Verse 4. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called. The house was filled with smoke and I said, Woe 
is me. For I am lost. I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. I don't know which God these people keep having encounters with. Because every time I read an encounter that people have with God, their response is one of great humility, humility, or one of abandonment to the Lord. That's the God I want to meet. Some of you must be thinking, oh, but this is the Old Testament prophet Hari. This is, this, is, this is before Jesus came. Please go read the book of Revelation where the great one of the greatest apostles, the beloved of the Lord John is taken up to heaven. And at the revelation of Jesus, when Jesus says, I am, he falls down as though he was dead in the new covenant. <laughs> and God had to lift him up. Come on, I am tired of this wishy-washy, diluted Christianity. We must return to the fear of the Lord. We must return to having a genuine, holy, real relationship with God. I know this is not popular and I, I don't care because I'm not here to please you. I'm here to deliver a word from the Lord. If we do not change our ways, if we do not repent, and if we do not build our life according to the accurate precepts of God's word, if we do not develop the fear of the Lord, if we do not all, if we do not have the reality of Jesus, all we will have are clever words, clever sermons, and just manipulation of the soul. I don't want all this cheesy stuff. I want the real thing. And I want my people to fall in, fall in love with the real thing. What does India need, my people? Do you think India wants motivational speakers that can tell them, oh, it's okay, it's okay. No, 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 no. The 1.3 billion people require an encounter with the reality of his presence, with the reality of his glory. India needs real men and women of God who just don't have clever words and cleverly structured sentences. Do you know there was a man called Charles Finney I think it's a Charles Finney. I don't remember now. When he entered a town, there's a story of him coming in a, in a train. And when he set foot on the train station, people that were several meters down the road, right, maybe 100, 200 meters down the road, that don't even know who Charles Finney was, begin to fall on the ground, weeping and crying. Because when the man entered that town, God had set foot in that town. And strangers began to weep and cry out to the Lord. I want that God 
I want to carry this Jesus in that way. When random strangers are crying out to Jesus and they don't even know why. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear Him. Father, I pray for my people. I pray for myself. Teach us the fear of the Lord. Teach us to return to a holy and a sacred place. Teach us to pursue you like never before. Deliver us from this spiritual sickness where we can we think we can do anything and live anyway and still host this holy God and still pretend like what we carry is a holy fire. Forgive us, Lord. For we have been playing with the holy things of God. Lord, baptize us one more time with the precious presence of the Lord. Baptize us one more time with the fire of the Holy Spirit. Baptize us one more time with the purity of the fire of God. That we may learn the fear of God. That we may pursue you. That we may pursue you with an undivided heart. Teach us to tremble at your word. Thank you, Lord. I bless your people. I bless your people. Do not withdraw from us, Lord. Do not walk away from us. Do not keep your counsel from us. Do not keep your friendship from us. But keep us in the center of your friendship. We ask this in the most beautiful name of our Lord and Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. Please consider sharing it. And for more information, log on to harirao.com.